Episode 41 Hello again. I recently got a request by James to do a lesson on infrared photography, and I have to admit that this is one of my favorite techniques of all, so I'm really looking forward to sharing my thoughts with you on this intriguing process. Infrared photography relies on heat in the form of infrared rays for exposure. This differs from regular film, which relies on the visible spectrum for exposure. A scene shot with black and white infrared film typically has dark black skies, white foliage, and high contrast. This often surreal effect can be spectacular, depending on the scene being photographed and the overall intensity of the infrared aspects of the scene. Shooting with color infrared film also produces some very interesting effects that mainly involve dramatic color shifts and values. My experience with infrared has primarily been with black and white, which is what is discussed in this lesson. I shot the image you're looking at in Columbus at the Topiary Garden, which is basically a recreation of Surratt's Sunday afternoon in the island of La Grande Jatte, with tree sculptures portraying the characters in his famous painting. As you can see in this image, which was shot with a Roloflex TLR medium format camera using Mako IR film with an 87C filter, shows a black sky and white foliage that of course was green in the actual scene. The key for success shooting with black and white infrared is to use the right filter. There are several filters available for use in IR photography based on the wavelengths of visible light they block out. From my own experiences, the 87C filter works the best, while the filter that has given me the most disappointing results is the red number 25 filter. The 25 filter allows too much of the visible spectrum to reach the film in my opinion, thus lessening the overall infrared effect. The 87C filter is opaque and literally filters out all of the visible spectrum, allowing mostly only the infrared rays to strike the film. But I encourage you to experiment and draw your own conclusions. How the final images look is a matter of personal taste. Filters for infrared can be purchased at most photo stores or online. They come either as the circular glass type, which screw directly onto your lens, or the square rectangular glass or plastic type, that slide into a screw-on filter holder attachment like you see here. Some other important considerations for IR photography are film type and exposure. Infrared film is available from Kodak, Mako, Konica, and other manufacturers. IR sensitivity exposure ranges will vary from brand to brand. Because IR is not visible to the eye, effective film speed will vary greatly from scene to scene and metering for exposure is shaky at best. The solution to this dilemma is to start with the ISO rating suggested by the film's manufacturer for the specific filter you are using, then bracket generously, that is, deliberately under and overexpose on either side of your exposure reading by a half to one full stop increments. I've had fairly good luck shooting at one fourth and one half second at f5.6 with Mako IR820C film. There are many comparison charts available online for just about every imaginable film type and settings for every available IR filter in case you want some suggestions before you go out to shoot. Two other requirements for successful outdoor infrared photography. Take along a tripod for slow exposures and shoot where there's a lot of green foliage present. Shooting infrared without green foliage is quite disappointing since the most dramatic effect of IR film is the way green foliage becomes white. Shooting infrared without at least some green foliage present is sort of like spending a day at the beach on an overcast day. You'll most likely have to develop the film yourself unless you know of a custom lab that will do it for you. 
Be sure to give them the recommended development times for the film that you are using beforehand. So what about shooting digitally, you may be asking yourself? Well, many of the suggestions for shooting infrared with black and white film also go for shooting digitally. The beauty of shooting digitally is that you can see the infrared effect in the LCD while composing your scene. The resulting images often have a magenta cast to them, as seen here, that can be removed in Photoshop. You can also add your own hues to the shots in Photoshop, as seen here, or simply convert them to grayscale for a more traditional look. As for exposure when using a digital camera, the same holds true as for film. I usually try a quarter of a second at f5.6 and go from there with my bracketing. Again, you can view your images immediately and determine exposure easily while shooting digitally. Be careful that your images are crisp though. Use a tripod at all times. Well, that's about it for this lesson. If you have any infrared images you'd like to share, please post them on the Photography 101 Facebook page. We'd love to see them. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.